0: Right then, welcome back to the Foxhole. Sunday evening with a little rain mixed with sunshine and everything else. Going to be a great week here. So let's wrap up the previous week. Fox, hunting in a foxhole, season 5, episode 28, episode 156 overall. Your faithful host, Ken Harlan, here for another week of distilling what's happening in the world of sports. As always, we thank the folks at WW. W.PurplePlanet.com, Mixler, for providing music we use in the podcast. Always a shout out to the folks at Road and Zoom for providing wonderful tools for content creation for folks like myself around the world. All right, folks, let's get cranking here. Since it is Sunday night, we want to get this out. The COVID Chronicles. Well, well, well. I think we have finally reached the milestone as far as this segment is concerned. Right, this week we had, you know, the foreign traveler mandate lifted. Basically, the World Health World Health Organization saying the global emergency is at an end. Uh, you know, all sorts of things that are going on here that mean we might have turn the corner. I mean, we probably turned the corner a while ago, but I think the sense of actually acknowledging it, not only, you know, from a sports perspective, government, domestic, foreign, yeah. So I have a feeling this may be the last COVID Chronicles for for, for a bit. I mean, we'll always mention it when it affects the sports world and other things, but I think we are about to Go in a different direction as the deers take over my front yard. Anyways, let's see what we got here this week. So as I mentioned, the foreign traveler mandate being lifted, what does that mean as far as sports is concerned? It means the joker, not the basketball joker, the tennis joker will be playing in the 2023 U.S. Open. And you know, after all this Wrist ringing, it's kind of funny that it it comes to a a thud like this, like, yeah, you know. I saw it go across the ticker, no fanfare, not even the wackos screaming and yelling about how it was a disservice to him. It's just like, okay, you know, you're going to be able to play in this year's tournament, be able to play domestically in the States, and it's on to the next thing, yeah. But of course, the wackos didn't keep themselves quiet this past week. What I mean by that? Well, Olympian sprinter Tori Bowie passed away unexpectedly this week. And boy, it spawned just all kinds of nuttiness from that same peanut gallery that always screaming about the jab, killing folks, and that we need to wake up to all of these people that are young who are passing away. And I just, I've said a million times with this. These folks live in such a vacuum in their own little echo chamber. Because, you know, if people weren't dying unexpectedly before, you know, 40, prior to COVID, you had no explanation why. Now that probably the numbers will correlate that these things do happen and has nothing to do with that as far as maybe other things happen. And I would like to see these fools For once, provide me a shred of evidence that backs up all their nonsense other than they get to be keyboard warriors and have an opportunity to run their mouths. It's it's like so crazy because, you know, it's like we need to honor her because she's another person murdered by the jab. What if Copernic killed her? Then what would your excuse be? Would the government have somehow... Yeah, dude. The government created this virus to kill her. Anyways... Then you had Jalen Rose. Jalen Rose never uh, at a loss for making somebody raise an eyebrow, especially if you saw that suit he was wearing today. Yeah, that was an eye catcher, huh? Well, you know, with uh, Golden State's Mr. Looney, I mean, having a you know flu symptoms. What does Jalen do? He goes the opposite direction and starts fanning the flame, the, the flames of the, a possible COVID scare with the Warriors. Luckily, everybody ignored him, and it did not become, you know, a story, because obviously that series sells itself, you know, obviously with the Dubs and the Lakers. But I just thought it was funny that, you know, Jalen's screaming fire and nobody's listening, and that's kind of where we are with COVID at this point. You know, in fact, I thought it was interesting when I was putting this segment together and I came across an article in Deadspin. Not like anybody pays attention to what Deadspin says anymore at this point, but they're like, yeah, man. We really could declare that sports in the battle against COVID actually won. And I get where they're coming from because, as I've said before, you have to like, give a round of applause how the leagues adjusted, coped, and preserved, persevered, I should say, during this last three years. But to say that that one, okay, yeah, maybe it's because certain entities are a lot, <laughs> they're worth more now than they were before, as we were saying a few weeks ago, because, you know, the smart people have figured out, like, hey, take it away from them. And mm-hmm. gee whiz, we could even make more money. Not saying that's what what their intent was and it had nothing to do with them, but they definitely took advantage of that. So, you know, it's a cute article and there is some truth to it, but I also feel that, you know, disruptions, it was hard to say that sports won other than the fact that the rich got richer. We found other ways to be able to consume the content. So I would say it's more... That sports adjusted and became more innovative as opposed to actually getting a big W against COVID. How about that? Okay, like I said before, the World Health Organization says the global emergency is at an end. And the CDC also is going to end COVID 19 surveillance, i.e., no more data collection you know, that organizations have been doing, and the conspiracy theorists are definitely drinking their Hawaiian punch about that. Of course, if you're not collecting certain kinds of data, how are we to know if we're safe against this terrible pandemic, which is still, our virus, I should say, which is still lurking, okay? I mean, it is very, uh, I don't know, encouraging. India, the cases are declining there. Here on the stateside, two of the country's biggest hospitals report no COVID-19 patients this week. So yeah, I mean, that's all good news on that front. So, which brings us to where do we go from here? Well, I think the foxhole. we have to retreat from this, as I said in the opening. And uh, gonna be curious, I think we'll be open face back momentarily as far as the segment goes, but I think it was something different as we're really winding down this season and getting near season six. So, yeah, there's going to be some changes as far as the format goes slowly because I always say these things and it takes forever because I do have a real life besides podcasting. But, yeah, it definitely, I feel like uh, this is a monumental moment. We'll see how, unlike the past where we had to revert back to this, I think this is a a new page is being turned with that in mind. I'm going to get my adult beverage chilled. And I'll be back on the other side with the high view above campus. Welcome back on a Sunday evening, as the Suns have just knotted up the series with the nugs. A lot of crazy stuff. Can't wait to talk about that in episode 157. Hopefully, I'll get this one out sooner than this one, but you know, reality does creep in. It might be Sunday night, but hey, you know, all we have to do is work tomorrow, so let's gather our peeps. Definitely got the adult beverages going. Let's get our hipster clothes on get another hipster lip get our butts to eugene airport take a late night trip on the gulf stream 650 and take the high view above campus what is going on campus way well we find out that told you about the cfp announcing d day well The CFP is really letting us know what kind of parties to prepare for. I mean, how it's laid out in terms of, this is going to be, in terms of people that like to enjoy the holidays and the feast and have party, watch parties and things like that. Yeah, it's pretty much going to be like a six-week orgy of of just great football and everything else when this thing really gets off the ground. And they announced that in the 24 or 25 seasons on New Year's Day, there was going to be you know, triple headers. It's going to be basically three games. So, yeah, definitely get the pulled pork, the ribs, the fried chicken, you know, all the all the wonderful fixings. Definitely the ciders, beers, whiskey, and whatever poison you like because in 24 and 25 on New Year's Day, it's just going to be off the hook. It's going to be like fun. We're looking forward to it. And and I guess a quick sidebar to that would be Oklahoma and Texas finally being granted the green light to move to the SEC starting next year by the state regions. And then one of those things that was kind of, you know, after all the wrist ringing, kind of just quietly came across the bow and like, yeah, okay, it's happening. Like they were going to ever prevent it. Same thing like with SC and UCLA just a matter of whose who's beak got wet, as they say in mafia terms. I'm sure the money went around and concessions were made, but that's going to happen. So we're all looking forward to that. And of course, we have Prime in the news, as he always tends to be. Good for the folks in Boulder. As I've said many times, I go out there a lot and you know I know a little bit about that program or what that program hasn't been doing. But you know, Prime this week, and kudos to the people who called him out of it. He went out on this rant about no HBCU players being drafted and how it was a disservice and such a disgrace. And then even people like Shannon Sharp, who went to an HBCU, Savannah State, pointing out, like, well, gee, wasn't 60% of the people taking the NBL draft African Americans? And that, in general, people from 1AA schools do not get drafted on a regular basis. Now, there's, you know, there's not that many Jerry Rices and Shannon Sharps, mind you. It's like, okay. And then the whole idea is, if you were so butthurt about this, why did you leave Jackson State? Why didn't you build a foundation you said you were going to? As opposed to looking for another way to well, I'm Dion and now that I'm big time, as a coach, I can say anything I want. No, you can't. Well, you can, but people are going to clap back. In fact, you need to answer why 60 people have left the Buffalo's program. You know, I think there's just something about this. And obviously, the proof is going to be in what they do on the field. Is kicking 60 people to the curb or them wanting to leave based on a team that won one one game last season. Well, needless to say, we're keeping an eye on you there, Dion. Okay, what else do we have here? Oh, didn't we have this whole thing with, you know, it started in Ohio, basically, with all the gaming, and we'll get more into this in a closer look. But Bama and LSU being the game, baseball game being suspended, which led to their coach being fired. So like I said, you know, it just tells you there's more than smoke to this story. And I said we'll cover that in a closer look, right? But this whole gambling thing is really nuts. Um also, how about Coach Calipari Calling up the obvious. He says that the COVID rule, you know, allowing people to play till they're basically 30 has altered college basketball. And you know what? I can see why he's pissed. Because, you know, even though he messed with the and guns, but having these younger players going up against these guys who are pushing 30, he's not having the success that he once did. Not that he's been winning that many titles anyhow. But yeah, it it has altered the face. And I'll be glad when we get past that and bring back some normalcy on that front, because it is getting ridiculous well, let me stretch this out for another seven or eight years. And yeah, absolutely ridiculous to me anyway. Okay, big story this week, obviously, is Bronny, that's right, LeBron's kid finally choosing where he's going to play probably his one year of college basketball. He's going to be at the Galen Center, which means the University of Southern California wins the Bronny sweepstakes. Big couple Lou for that program. That was kind of interesting with Oregon, you know. At right when LeBron broke the record, right, Phil and and Bronny were sitting together, and it makes you wonder: Has Chip and Knight lost his reach? You know, even with the people who've left the Duck program, you know, you know, once a, a bat, once a time, with all the cool uniforms and the state of the art facilities that now everybody's kind of copied the template and it's sort of like, I live here with Eugene, so I ain't knocking Eugene. You know, I love Eugene as much as the next person. But I am starting to wonder that Knight's money can't necessarily compete with some of the better destinations in terms of where people want to spend their time. Because everybody's got deep pockets in the Power Five. And I just think that, I don't know, maybe Phil's not being as aggressive, which is hard for me to believe, but you would think that Oregon wouldn't be losing players and someone like Brawny would want to cover. And I think six or seven years ago, that would have been the case. But now, you know, FC's got, you know, great facilities. You're close to home. You're rocking in LA. It was easier choice for him just to say, you know, I'll kick it in LA as opposed to come up here in Eugene and deal with the water like we just did. I don't know. We'll have to look more into that. I'll have more to say about that as we get more information in terms of Bron- why Bronny decided to stay in Southern California. Okay. Now, LSU, once again, what's going on down there? DePaul's, Anisha Morrow. We talked about HBL coming there. So is Kim Mulkey just building a super team? I don't know what kind of money the, the folks are going around LSU, but they're assembling quite the squad there and they're going to be. Maybe a powerhouse for a while. If everybody who has some game with the liberal flexibility the transport portal provides, something to keep an eye on, they're getting very powerful. Okay, now, one thing I have to mention I brought it up last week, and I'll mention it again as I get more data with this whole New Mexico state. Do they deserve the death penalty? because more details coming out of the scandals with the rape culture and everything else and the whole intimidation thing going on, maybe the NCAA, if if it has any power left, needs to step in and pull an SMU and tell them to take a little four- or five-year hiatus and maybe learn how to behave themselves, because actually being able to participate in college athletics and leagues and all that sort of thing it is kind of a privilege, and you should not be able to have an outlaw program. At least that's what the holds. thinks. you think otherwise, ftinfx at gmail.com. Drop me a line. I'd love to hear. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. Okay, so I'll mention something here. How about the UCLA Bruins winning their 20th men's volleyball title, taking out Hawaii, I believe. I know one of their 20 ones was against my alma mater, which was a, Epic moment back in 93 for my school, but UCLA, you know, kings of the, oh, 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 the basketball court, kings of the volleyball court, as far as the men are concerned. Okay, let's see here. Over in, over in softball land, rinse, wash, and repeat. As soon as they're just balling out, they're like 45 and one. It's pure domination. As far as the hardball is concerned, LSU and Wake are still one and two. Once again, what are those folks doing down there in the bayou with the money and getting all this talent? Good to see that the Ducks and Beavers both have cracked the top 20. So we're looking forward to some college baseball postseason coming up here. My man, uh, my, my my colleague down in Starkville sent me a great picture with his cooler full of uh Miller Lite watching some great ball down there. I'm sure they had some big crowds, so really looking forward to that. All right, we will be back with something interesting when we come back. Something like that. back to the foxhole. So I'm watching Kenny Smith here. I guess he's creating quite the stir since he's such a family man and he's seen with some bikini-clad hottie. Oh, boy, can't wait to see how this one plays out. Ha, okay. With that in mind, time for one of our favorite segments, something you should probably know or things that happened this past week in the world of sports you might want to hear or care about. Where should we start? Let's start with a little NASCAR. How about Martin Truex Jr. ending a 54-race winless streak, taking the checkered flag at Dover? 54 races. Long time. (laughs) Good for him. All right, let's go to that Antonio Brown guy. It's been a while since we've talked about AB. Yes, that AB. So word is, because, you know, I told you a few weeks back about him. I guess we have mentioned him recently. he owns a team in the arena league and he was being a jerk now comes out that he's not paying his players or coaches and lo and behold a mutiny has occurred and a lot of people have walked away can you not be a turd with everything that you do apparently not as they say he's special oh man yeah the team the albany empire what a dumpster fire I'll definitely circle back and get some more data because I just caught I saw that out of the corner of my eye, just going, "Wow, this guy!" I mean, the basement has no floor, you know, straight up. How about a bull invading a a rugby match in Spain? I was just like total WTF when I saw that, like going. Then I hear you know there was a big promotion. This is like this was actually in France. And I mean, it was like a big promotion with a dairy company, and that's why they had you know <laughs> bulls and things like that. It's Like, okay, so maybe you might want to have the handlers <laughs> take care of the animals. I mean, luckily nobody was hurt, but can you imagine the rugby match and all of a sudden a bull comes bearing down? I mean, think about <laughs> what a mockery that must have been. I mean, it's one thing about these bulls throwing. B- Beer and the faces of officials and stuff in the beautiful game, but geez, now a bull wants to get into the action. Okay, wow. So had the Kentucky Derby, Amaga what, what takes it. Thing is, it was marred by a lot of horse deaths. I think like six or seven. You know, we'll dig a little bit deeper this coming week when more data comes out. But you know this whole thing, you know, even going back to what was going on at Santa Anita. Just a complete, you know, mess. I don't know what you're gonna do. Um, uh, one of our good colleagues, friend S J, when we were out on our walk of the neighborhood, was bringing up because good thing like, you know, what kind of drug are they injecting these horses with? That is causing, you know, this rapid death. So it can't obviously be traced. It's something that's, that's mass. I can't just think this is just something that's happening from the, the type of training. And, you know, the rigorous training that these horses are going through, there's something up here. Well, the foxhole, it's on our radar. We'll be keeping an eye and hopefully getting some more data as far as that's concerned. So I was talking about the Mexico Open last week and I was telling you about Tony for now. right? How And so you know, he hit a 64, 65, 64, 65, and he wins by three shots. You know, it's like really tight in the end. I mean, I guess John Rom, you know, Mr. Everything, shot like a 61 in the final round. They keep things really interesting there. So as we get closer to the U.S. Open coming up here in June, and PGA is coming up here soon too because I always forget that they moved that. So, yeah, a lot of exciting times there in golf. They just Golf Plus released another course, the Yale Golf Course. Man, it's pretty cool. These guys keep raising their game. we really like to see that. And Rory's $3 million penalty that we told you about for skipping the uh, RBC was upheld. But once again, when you're at Rory and you got deep pockets, you're like, yeah, okay. I'm like, dude, you're gonna show up and give the foxhole at least maybe a million and a half so we can get a studio and, you know, get travel and go to all the cool events. But hey, you needed your time off. We get it. Okay. And India race as well. Scott Scott McLaughlin won in Bama. Sergio Perez won the F one race in Baku. Big doings on today. As the F one came stateside, we'll have a lot to say about that next week as once we have time to uh, unpack it. But let's get to Davis and Garcia and what it is and what it isn't. Because, you know, obviously that was the fight that was supposed to save boxing. And there were a lot of people patting themselves on the back. Me, personally, as I said last week, I'm not seeing it. And I still am going to double down on that. Like, well, how many people even know who Davis is? And are are you trying to say that this is on a level of like Hagler Hearns and... Sugar Ray Leonard, not to mention the great, you know, Mike Tyson, you know, Ali before that. Boxing is just—it's an empty vessel right now, and folks going around parading like, "Yeah, the sport was saved." Need to put down the chronic, you know. You need to like leave the vape pens at home because you're high, and it makes no sense. I mean. I'm not. I'm not hating on boxing. I want them to like have a positive attitude about the sport, but I'm not seeing it. Quite frankly. Uh, another one that I find really interesting, you know, it comes to you know track and field, and ah, yeah, it's you know uh, Nigel Amos. He, he was the 2012 800 silver medalist. He was a three-year doping band. So what does that tell me? It tells me that people are still up to no good and makes me wonder what people are taking once again to mask getting caught. Because it's pretty much a given that people still get bu- or getting busted, that people are still cheating. Like I still think baseball players are still doing all kinds of, you know, bad things as well to get that edge. I just think that there's so much on the table now. And the vanity and all that stuff involved, people can't help themselves. We're humans. I didn't think that we can have a higher standard, but we don't. And seeing this happen again and again just makes you really wonder. It's like, oh, you're the dumbass that got caught. But what about what, what everybody else is doing? You know, when I sit there and see, see somebody that's almost about to break the two hour barrier in the marathon, I'm just like, what are you guys taking? That is just like so inhuman. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna talk about a little bit more of this on a closer look. But sports leagues are trying to limit the amount of betting at. Yeah, a d- d- that the, the genie is out of the bottle dancing at the you know. In fact, the genie just is at the is at the casino being a dealer. You know, right? Passing out the cards, and things are wrong. You you know, come give me a break here. You're gonna you're taking all you've been taking all this money, and now all of a sudden you're gonna limit it. Stop it already. It's absolutely nonsensical. But We'll have a little bit more to say about the whole gaming thing here in a closer look. Meanwhile, we will come back with the NBA beat. Letter's not quite working. Yeah, we're just chilling, kind of kicking it like the big four on the TNT set. I'm all reclined in Studio A as Rumi's out playing in the community volleyball league, which gives me a chance to be out here, not have that wicked hum that I have in whatever I'm doing the podcast in Studio B. So that always makes me happy. Anyways, let's talk some association, shall we? So, as we're getting closer and closer to wrapping up this season, we still got a ways to go, but we are definitely in the last quarter mile. I guess we need to start thinking about the Wambayama era that is coming upon us very quickly. A lot of hype this week, and a lot of folks kind of doubling down, saying this guy is going to change the face of basketball. I'm thinking, wow. It hasn't really, you know, I've thought about it, but now that we're getting closer and closer, it makes me wonder. Obviously, you know, Bronny's going to be playing at USC, but this next generation. Meanwhile, you know, we've got LeBron at 38, KD at 35. All these guys are still balling out. What's that going to mean, you know, for everybody else with these guys coming on? You know, the, the bookers and the, you know. Harden's Harden's getting a little longer than the tooth, you know, but Joel and Embiid and all that kind of stuff. Bottom line is, NBA is really on the cusp of some good times, and we'll talk about that as well. In a closer look. In the meanwhile, as we're waiting for Mister Wambayama to his flight to mesmerize us, let's talk about some stuff right now. This one really bothers me with the Bucks dismissing. Mr. Budenholzer, after getting bounced up in the first round. Yes, they lost and went to an AFC, but Miami is not your typical AFC. Bubble or not, they were in the finals a couple of years ago, and as long as Jimmy Buckets is around, anything can happen. The last time I checked, the Bucks were pretty much riddled with injuries. I mean, obviously, you know, Middleton having his issues, and then Giannis, you know, getting a little bit lame, as far as his back and other things. So, did the guy, after leading him up to a title, deserve to get jettisoned? I mean, it's not like he didn't make the playoffs. Sure, getting bounced by a one-seat sucks, but, damn, unless there was some really stinky stuff going on in the locker room and in the training sessions, I am just thinking, where, went this when it all costs mentality that we've been moving more and more in this decade, it's, it's just, it's crazy. I mean, you would think winning a championship back in the day would buy you a little time. I mean, obviously, you know, someone like Marvin Lewis who never won Jack, but always kept his job. That's more of an outlier as opposed to now sort of like, I mean, you're in the playoffs and you know, some unforeseen circumstances, and now you're out of a job. Definitely gonna want some more data as far as what the hell went wrong in Milwaukee. Makes no sense to me. Okay, so what do we got going on playoff wise? So you know, the Knicks stumbled without Randall. That was predictable. They even the series when Randall returned and Jimmy Buckus was out. And then I don't know as I was saying to friend of the show, Andy G, I don't know what they're shooting Jimmy Buckets up with because, you know, the guy seems like he's on the cusp of being in a wheelchair, but, you know, he doing what he do, they win game three, and so now the, the AFC is almost is up 2-1. Who knows? They're looking good to win this series. So does that mean the next fire of their coach, too? Okay. The Kings, what a great story. We definitely called it, but they wilted, and I don't want to hear anything about the De'Aaron in Fox's injury. They basically laid up more bricks than, you know, the guy who built, you know, the men and women who built Boston. Good grief. I mean, talk about just completely wilting. Curry had a 50 burger in game seven, you know, and obviously everybody started falling all over themselves like it was the greatest thing ever, you know, even better than Harry Truman walking around talking about the atomic bomb, you know, how great that was. Not that that was really great. But it's like, okay, I'm not knocking curry here. But to me, it's more about the Kings wilting and Sacramento being Sacramento. Sorry, Kings fans. You had a chance to actually get some credibility. And lo and behold, you gave us a thrill. And then you exited the stage like we knew you would when it really mattered. We'll see what, we'll see if you're able to follow through on that next season. Yeah. Okay. So the Warriors advance, which gives us some serious California 11, you know, put that mix on California, but the Lakers and the dubs, um, what can you say when it comes to you know, LeBron Curry and all that, that goes along with it. This series has been wacky so far, you know, the Lakers taking game one, the Warriors responding, the chase center, dumping the Lakers and the Lakers last night, I mean, because that stuff is stressing me out too much. You all know I'm a Lakers fan. I was sitting back watching MLS, and I was at a Lane United thing. But the Lakers win by 30. So we've got game four tomorrow night. I have no idea what could happen. I thought originally the Lakers in in six. But who knows, given the Lakers and their inability to stay focused. I mean, AD, he's, you know, he's so Jekyll and Hyde. One minute he looks like he's... Could be, you know, the conversation with Wilton Russell and the next minute, he he's so ordinary. You know, if AD wants to show up, I don't think the Warriors can win this series. I thought that all along, but, you know, who knows? Okay, Embiid wins the MVP and the outkick crowd immediately plays the race card. <laughs> Gee, go figure. <sighs> you know, he's been whining and moaning about wanting to win this. He balled out this year. Let it go, folks. Don't say, well, they had to give it to a black guy. He actually earned it. You know, the Joker is legit. You know, get to in, in TMC anytime about the ass hat that decided not to even have him in the type 5. You know, what? The, I don't know even what to say about that nonsense. As far as that series goes, so, you know, he Embiid was not there in game one. Harden went off of 45. The Celtics responded. By thumping them in winning time, and people were starting to ask the question: Can Embiid and Harden coexist? Because Harden kind of sh- sh- shrinks when the two are out there. Um, you know, Embiid gets the MVP, the big ceremony. The something's ruined that. Then today, in overtime, Philly really ties it up. So I don't know what's going on with this series. Fantastic stuff, though. I mean, you do. You have to wonder, though. If my man in Milwaukee got kicked to the curb, does Doc get sent to the unemployment line if Philly does not get it done against Boston? And this win for me now, I am going to think he does. That's just me. As far as I told you earlier about the Suns evening of the series, CP3 injured again. You can set your watch to that. But maybe the Suns are better off without his jinx ass, if you ask me. I mean, you got Book Shung, you know, when I was saying Next Gen at the beginning of this segment. Yeah, I, you know, that guy, when he's cooking, he be cooking. So we've got some really good series going on here. Uh, looking forward to the next episode to see where we are in, you know, five to ten days however long it takes me to get the next podcast out. But yeah, this is good stuff. I'll have a, a thing or two to say about that in the closer look. We will be back with the nightfall of diamonds and a look at the NHL on the other side. Alright, welcome back to the foxhole. Your faithful host, Ken Holland here. Trying to find something to watch here on let's see here. What do we got here? Maybe a little stars and Kraken. Wow. We'll have something to say about that here in a second. But Nightfall of Diamonds. That was crazy. Grateful Dead's coming out with a box set from 1973. I mean, both of the RFK shows, you know, talking about Darkstar, yeah, I'm really excited about that, and when we get closer to that, you know I'll be making references to that, because once ahead, always ahead. So let's talk some baseball. Unfortunately, Somber Note here, uh, RIP for the legendary Vita Blue, one of my favorite stories I always like to tell. Being at the 89 uh, World Series Game 2 and this guy in the bathroom all lit up on whatever swearing I was by the blue told the legendary Joe Brooks, a legendary figure in this town great musician, great guy, no longer with us told him that story and he would always call me by the blue whenever he saw me yeah, but a stalwart on those great teams the A's had in the early 70s I've talked about before, you know, one of the best team, d- dynasties in the post-war era. I had a stint with the Giants and some other teams after that, but both be remembered for just being all that. I think, what, one it, rookie of the year in MVP or something like that? Anyways, yeah, our, our condolences go out to the A's fans, the real ones, who are still left from that era. His family, of course. And the A's, what a horrible story it keeps getting. You know, we start with Glenn Kuiper. Adding more poop to Oakland's misery, he gets suspended. I guess he was making a Negro League reference, and the end came out the wrong way. Use your imagination. S.J. Dubs were really quick to <laughs> make sure he was put on a timeout. I'd like to hear the clip to see you know how bad it really was, but not too many people were happy with him. And people are not happy with the A's in general right now. It's just you know. Nobody's going to the games. I mean, when you see friend of the show Ben C posting on social media, just having a total look of agony watching his beloved A's come to this. As I was saying, I mean, it's, I'm not trying to make light of cirrhosis, but watching the final you know stretch of this franchise being in Oakland is like watching somebody drinking themselves to death. It's a really miserable way out. The sooner they get to Vegas, the better for all involved, I would imagine. Anyway, yeah, I mean, by the way, 500 people, 700 people going to these games of that, that's really bad. Okay. Red Sox looking really hot right now, as I talked about the beasts last week, where they won like eight in a row. And, and still, because the Jays, I mean, the, yeah, the Jays, geez, the Rays. Got off with such a hot start. Yeah, they're still, what, six and a half back, I believe, going into today. And speaking of the AL East and the NL East, how about a New York State of Mind right now? The Yankees are nine games out, even though they're 18 and 16. They're in last place, nine games behind the race. The Mets, 17 and 17, they're in second, but they're still six games out. All the money that these teams have spent to make New York the capital of baseball again, it ain't going so well right now. Now, if you look at these records, and, you know, it's just early May still, no reason to hit the panic button, but still, it's eye-mile. It's eye-lid-raising, we shall say. Yeah, definitely keeping an eye on that. Kind of interesting that, you know, the watch on the other coast. Dodgers and Padres hooking it up. That's going to be interesting. They play this weekend and next weekend. Get an idea of what's going to happen there right now. The Dodgers are having a narrow lead. I still don't think they can, they shouldn't win it this year. But then again, San Diego is not really living up to his expectations. But now that they've got Mr. Tatis Jr. back, and as the man said, don't hop in the bandwagon when we start raking. And you get the sense that the Padres are getting are starting to feel it again. So we'll keep an eye on that. A quick shout out to Say Hey '92, maybe '93, but Willie Mays, the last great icon of the of baseball's golden generation, reaches another milestone. We hope we get to have several more with them. Right on for the Say Hey Kid, wherever you are, hoping you enjoyed your birthday. Okay, let's flip. Let's get under Zamboni and let's get to the ice. You know, I don't like to sit here and pat myself on the back, but you all knew I saw what was going to happen with the Bruins, and what a disappointment it would be if they got bounced. And lo and behold, what happens? They get knocked out by the Panthers, and the look, and the despondent look on their faces says it all. After the historic season, you know, know, I've experienced this, you know, with the Dodgers, you know, winning like 110 games and coming up with nothing. To me, this was even worse. Because, I mean, we had all but crowned them in the whole Dennis Green way. And I didn't, because I had just, my sixth sense told me, watch these guys, you know, make history and somehow shut the bed when it mattered. And, yeah. I mean, you know, it's the whole uh, number one, see Jinx, right? I think since 2014, maybe one team has you know been able to like go far. Wow. So much for front running on the ice, which is what makes it so great. Speaking of the Kraken, just putting the ass whooping on the Stars right now. What a series this is! Give the Kraken all kinds of props, but I'm telling you, man. They're going to go up 2-1, and obviously being up 6-1 right now, I mean, they're running the stars out of the building, which is, you know, hey, <laughs> I mean, year or two, just like, you know, the biggest Golden Knights before them, putting the fear in folks, and, you know, I'm still surprised, as I've said, you know, plenty of times, you know, in the Kraken's brief history, how outside of Seattle, it has not become a Northwest thing, and, these guys were the real deal. Shame on you folks for not getting on the bandwagon while, you could, while, while it wasn't a bandwagon. That's all I can say about that. I mean, you know, they knocked off the champs, right? No, I mean, think about that. I know if you're in Denver, you ain't too happy about it. I've heard enough about the Kraken, but it is what it is, right? Um, you know, I, I suspect that series is going to go the distance because the Stars, they'll bounce back. Although, you know, the fever in Seattle, I don't know. So you've got Vegas and Edmonton splitting. I don't know what happened. You know, I, feel like I haven't had a chance to unpack it. Sort of like trying to get this podcast out. No shock, the Leafs, after making everybody happy, they find themselves down 2-0. And the Canes, well, they're breezing right now but past the Devils. It was like 5-1, 5-1 in both games. You need to wake up there. I think it's kind of interesting that Snoop Dogg, that's right, or that, you know, Mr. Cool Corona himself, Mr. Bluntman, is part of a group that's trying to buy the Ottawa Senators. Really, Snoop? You're going to be up there chilling in Ottawa? Okay. Hey, when he talks, and you know, going back to what I was saying in the basketball segment, the Rangers make the playoffs, but obviously getting bounced by the Devils was not good enough for the for the brass upstairs, and they fired Jaron Gallant after the first round exit. They, nope, <laughs> this is not the New York state of mind we want. So there you go. That's what's happening on the ice. That's what's happening on the diamond. We will be back with some beautiful game life shortly. Excuse me as I'm sipping on tasty, tasty Incline Cider. Yum, yum, strawberry. Well, let's go pitch side. We're wrapping up Europe, and things are really heating up domestically. So, let's start with a team that you know I'm a hardcore supporter of. That's right. The Red and Blue, PSG, making all kinds of news. They suspend Messi because apparently after the stinky diaper they left last week, he didn't get permission to go to Saudi because we think that's where he's going to land next. And, you know, give Nasser credit, putting his foot down as far as calling the stars. The ultra is acting up and, you know, it's just whatever. I mean, it's just a stench. Leo experience <coughs> is probably done. I mean, give Leo credit for apologizing, even though it was kind of half-assed. Like, oh, I, thought, I didn't know. I thought it was okay for me to leave. Come on, dude. You basically used PSG, you know, for an excuse to stay fit for, for the uh, World Cup. You had your great moment. I was hoping you were going to, like, say this is going to be a moment of greatness leading PSG to its first Champions League. But you melded it in after the, the World Cup. They all have. It's disgraceful. They won today, so they're holding on. They should win the league, but it's a stumble. Another disappointing season. and More questions than any possible answers as far as where that club is going to go in the future. Simple as that. Speaking of Messi, La Liga says they will not bend the rules for Barca to facilitate Messi's return, i.e., You better be able to figure it out under, you know, FFP and doing your finances. It ain't possible. So I say he takes the bag, the Saudi and hangs out with Ronaldo and they just live like kings. Okay. Wrexham's coming to the U.S. Whoopee. This is a WFC if I've ever seen one. I mean, who you know what cares. Yeah, I mean it's it's just cuz they're so they're such bottom feeders and have, you know, the Hollywood money as I've said before. You know, whatever the folks that think it's a great story, and of course, the folks who are all pro real nuts, you know, use it as their shiny example. And I always say, you know what, screw that. Go look at Blackburn, then come back and talk to me, you know, right? Blackburn won the won the Premier League championship in 95, and they've struggled you know, since about 2012 and actually getting to the third tier at one point. I look at that more of a barometer <laughs> as far as a team people should really be interested in caring about as opposed to this clown show. It'll be, you know, the fact that, you know, they're going to play some of the big tier clubs and some of the smaller tier clubs. But it's such garbage to me, utter garbage. And you're going to have a bunch of posers who are going to go watch them and forget about the beautiful gillian life five minutes afterwards. So I'm not impressed. People make your money. Fools, you want to be suckers and go see this mockery. We're power to you. But yeah, this is definitely as, as PSG's ultras do a lot, turn their backs. That's what I'm doing on that. Okay, so SCCL. Big time. So we had the semifinals wrap up this week. Start on the other side with Leon's shocking Tigris. Yeah, I was really surprised by that. And you know, it's kind of like multitasking that night. They cut kind of out of the corner of my eye, and I'm just like going, gee, Leone is going to be in the final. Which means they are gonna play in a rematch LAFC as LAFC dispatches the Union. After the you know what happened in the MLS Cup last year, the you know, best MLS Cup final ever, and in the first leg, a you know, homeboy in leg two gets a red card, and basically LAFC lays the Union waste, win it 4-0 aggregate. So now in the final is going to be Leon and PSG, <laughs> Leon and PSG, Leon and LAFC, a rematch of when they played a few years ago. A lot of the 3252 made the trip, and they're already booking the reservations. So, this is going to be pretty epic if LAFC can pull off the pull off the treble. And I think they're going to. And that's, you know, what can you say? Supporters shield, MLS Cup, and, uh, you know, SCCL. Two years in a row for the MLS after never being able to win it. My, 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 things have changed. All good there. That was kind of interesting to see Mr. Garber calling out the U.S. Open Cup saying that, hey, it's not really the standard it should be. I agree with him. I don't mostly agree with Garber, but, you know, he's just... just I mean, I I think it's the, the coolest competition in the, in the States. But it's a poor stepchild. And access to being able to watch it, And know when a friend of the show, Andy G, and I were trying to find these matches... We're trying to find the the Timbers match, complete you know shit show, and I'm glad Garber called it out. That it has to be better because look, it is a jewel of a competition. Been around since 1914, you know when you get to see the the Joes play against the big boys, it should have a lot better care. Should you know, put some money into it and make it into the special competition it truly is. So good for you, Mr. Garber, for calling up the obvious. Okay, what else do we have? Real Madrid wins another trophy. Gee, what a surprise there. They take the Copa del Rey trophy case. I mean, they got to have three or four trophy cases, all the hardware they have. Meanwhile, Barca still leads La Liga by 13. So, anyway, you hit win in that one, but you seem to win everything else. And you're still in play for UCL, which resumes this week. You know, we'll be talking about that on the next episode. And the Premier League City leads by four, or is it one now, actually, with Arsenal getting a big win today over Newcastle. Big story here is Liverpool, who was, you know, on life support. Now they're making a charge, and they're going to be in Europe. They're going to overtake Newcastle. You can already see it and feel it. Mr. Hollande's still doing Mr. Hollande things. Um, over the Bundesliga, Bayern still holds a narrow lead over Dortmund. I think it's interesting that you know, Byron Levenkusen has won. It just ended, but they were like a 14-game unbeaten streak and still couldn't you know, make a dent as far as the log jam up top, which kind of shows you how stinky they were playing. But still a good race there. Probably going to go down to the last match. Good to see BBB not, not flinching. Keeping the heat on Byron and Thomas Dugal. Napoli goes bonkers after sealing their first Serie A title in 33 years. Great scenes there. Um, Big story here is Juventus holding on to second place after all the trials and tribulations they went through. Uh, Finishing second, yeah, that's a pretty sterling accomplishment by then, I would have to say, if they were able to do that. They're definitely going to be in UCL. And that's, you know, quite a testament to what they've been able to put together with all the nuttiness that's gone on with that club. Okay. Over at MLS, Rebs and FC Cincinnati are leading the East. Nashville trying to catch up. Great story with both of those clubs as, you know, they've, you know, especially with FC Cincinnati, the dumpster fire they've been, and the Rebs being kind of a disappointment of those squads. Out West, Seattle and St. Louis, you know, keeping, you know, basically making things happen. LAFC's hanging out there. They lost their first match. I mean, big crowd at Levi. Great, you know, to see that happen. San Jose's got LAFC's number. We'll talk more about that next week. More kind of concerning is Austin, the Galaxy, and Sporting Kansas City just being absolute Waste treatment facilities. I mean, you know, poop all over the place with those squads. They, we expect better from them, and they should be better, and they're not right now. And you have to think heads are going to roll, as Judas Priest would say long ago. Okay, close this segment out. Cool thing for me last night. Got to go to the Lane United Football Club's season ticket holder gala. They... 10th year anniversary, great video that they rolled out, new kits coming out, exciting stuff for you folks who are local, who listen to the podcast. Season tickets are cheap, right? There's a couple of nights at the bar, basically. Y'all should get out there. I'm going to try to get some people, you know, that are tied to that organization on the podcast and chat it up here. That's one of the things I've been wanting to do. Hopefully, we'll make that happen this season, but if you get a chance... Get out to Civic and check out the Reds. Fun stuff. Great entertainment. Looking forward to this season coming up. Okay, we'll be back with a closer look. Okay, winding things down on a Sunday night. Dallas Pools went back, cracking six stars too. you got to think this is over, but hey, stranger things have happened. Okay, time to opinionate, editorialize, you know, do all the things we do on a closer look. So, the spread in the new reality. What am I talking about there? Well, this whole gambling thing. It's in the last couple of weeks, it has taken a sinister turn. I mean, the whole thing with the guy with Bamba that I mentioned earlier I mean, got caught on surveillance talking with somebody, and you have to like go back now and look at at all of their games. You know, they're not a, a crappy team, but it's just like at this point, and I don't know, you're making enough money, but as we saw with Pete Rose and many people. You know, like him, when you have that disease or that addiction, whatever you want to call it, you can't control yourselves. And it's getting weird. And when you have basically, uh, you know, the folks that keep an eye on these things catching you and you're wondering about the integrity of, of that, you got the guys, you know, in the NFL. We just recently are gonna be taking a one year ban. I said earlier about sport about you know the leagues trying to counteract that by limiting, you know, the amount of ads, which is absolutely ludicrous when you think you know, you open this genie. You let the genie out of the bottle. And like I said, the genie is at the blackjack table, you know, dealing hands at this point. Um I knew this was gonna be an issue. How could it not be in terms of people and their gambling, you know, right? You know, whether it's Charles Barkley or Bill Milkelson or Michael Jordan, you know, the kind of money that they've lost, you know, because the, they can't help themselves. And I don't know. I always wondered whether or not it would get to a situation where, gee, you know, are we are we manipulating the outcome of games um you would like to think not, but you know, as I said, as I say all the time, you know, when it comes to us humans, man, we kinda suck a lot of times. And, and we don't have scruples, we don't have standards or integrity. And this is, you know, what we're seeing now. I said this thing with a guy from Bama. Like, really? You got caught on the phone talking with the guy that what that whose bets, you know, in Ohio, you know, caught. I and mean, obviously, I think the folks in Vegas were the first to notice, like, hey, wait a minute. Nobody's betting on Bama baseball. What the hell is going on here? I would think it's a D1 coach. You're making, you know, good money. You know, probably making better money than I do as a project manager working for a security surveillance company. So, you know, right? If I have to be ethical... At my job, we you know have clients of all sorts of stuff in the in the security surveillance and access world. How the hell can, are you not being that way? I mean, I don't know. I know I lived in Vegas for a long time. I know a lot about the gambling abyss. And you know when you can see someone like you know Pete Rose, and you know, we've talked about ad nauseum, but you think about what he threw away in terms of even, even as a douchebag that he is, had he been able to, like, not get involved in, in gambling, how much better his life would have been. And I don't understand it where you have plenty of time after you're done. And especially in this day and age, the money you make, why would you put that at risk? Like, nah, man, I am going to pick a bet. And the idea that, you know... Cause you gotta, I mean, you've seen, you know, Henry Hill and the mob and all that kind of stuff. You have to wonder where, where they are in all of this as far as manipulating the outcomes. But yeah, it is, you know, a new reality. And we saw this coming. And now it's, you know, the chickens are coming home to roost. And I'm not sure what is going to be done. You know, I have a feeling that you're going to see, you know, uh, the feds and the government really get involved in this, there's going to be some really harsh penalties coming up for you folks that cannot help yourselves as far as, you know, compromising the integrity of these games. And I think we're at the tip of the iceberg, personally, as far as that is concerned. Okay, let's talk about the Silver Parade, shall we? What do I mean by the Silver Parade? I'm talking about one Adam Silver. You know, we've made jokes. I mean, Outkick, I don't know, they're beside themselves right now because they've been laughing at the NBA, taking a poop on it whenever they can. But, you know, the NBA has really bounced back. And right now, you have some incredible series going on. I mean, think about this. LeBron and Curry, you know, the... Warriors and their recent greatness and the Lakers with their overall greatness meeting in a series, right? Because in the Warriors run, they haven't faced the Lakers. So, I mean, what more could you ask for? You know, the renewal of the Celtics and the, and the Sixers. You know, this goes back to the days of Chamberlain and Russell, Dr. J, Barkley and Bird, Mikkel, Parrish and on and on. Uh, you know, the Kings was a great story. You know, obviously, you know, what's going on in the Valley of the Sun, even in the Mountain High, in the Rocky Mountain High, the Mile High Club, you know, South Beach, the rains are good, and these series are compelling. So, all you people who've been hating on the NBA, I think you may need to take a step back. Um, Is the NBA the end all be all that it once was? No, it's not. But I think what they're doing right now is pretty good. I was skeptical of the play-in tournament at the beginning, but I've come around on that, and it's very compelling. And the fact that the Lakers and the Heat are still alive and viable obviously validates Mr. Silver there. Obviously, being able to get the Knicks viable again and what that is doing for Gotham and the league itself is all fantastic. And you see all the luminaries are coming out to the games, as I told you about Jack returning to the crib. Yeah, NBA right now is at an all-time high. Hopefully, no scandal like we just talked about with gambling, you know, rears his ugly head to, you know, darken the cloud. But I just don't see it right now. You know, I think that basketball, we talked about Mr. Wambayama coming. Ronnie will be coming soon. So the next gen looks very viable as well good grief the Kraken have just scored their seventh goal this is getting a mockery you know but yeah I just think this is a very exciting time for the NBA kudos to Mr. Silver for just kind of being quiet and you know letting the product speak for itself and right now it's speaking very well to the health of the league and it has a what I think is a pretty rosy future All right, we'll be back to close things out with the NFL report and some TMCA time. Right, wrapping things up on a Sunday night with the Kraken putting up a 7-burger on the stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. CL is going to be rocking tonight. Tip your bartender very well. <laughs> of course, if you have to work tomorrow, maybe not so good. So, let's go to the NFL report. Yeah, you know, with those just talking about the NBA, the beautiful game life, and all that other stuff sort of taking center stage. You know, this is kind of the quiet period of the NFL, even though it was never really quiet when it comes to the No Fun League. Of course, Comcast and the NFL doing its every couple of years shadow dance, because I guess what, at one point the report was that the NFL Network and the Red Zone Channel were being pulled from the lineup. And I was like, oh, oh really? Really? you know, obviously, you know, fighting over nickels and dimes, but, you know, since the NFL and NBC have a strong partnership, you I knew mean, that wasn't long, and so if it did happen, it must have not been for long, because as I've just turned the channel, the NFL network is on, is on my terror, so, but it does crack me up when I see, you know, the ads for, you know, the Sunday ticket, and, you know, the pricing and all that kind of stuff, and, yeah, it's going to be a battle as far as, you know, the fans, you know, wanting to only pay so much, the league really trying to crack down on all the Reddit streams and things like that, that people, you know, that don't want to pony up, but still got to watch their team. Yes, interesting times there. Okay, so they got some post-draft power rankings that came out, you know, so that's always interesting. Kind of the same, what you would expect, right? You know, you have KC1, the Eagles 2, you know, which is kind of surprising. But the Chiefs are the champions. And the Eagles, even though they seem to have really fortified themselves, it's probably fair to have them 2 right now. Cincinnati at 3. I'll get to them in a second. The Bills at 4. San Francisco at 5. That might be low, but we don't really know what's going to happen with Brock, Brock Purdy if he's going to bounce back, if it was a flash in the pan, Mr. Lance, or maybe Brady's going to show up. Who knows? So maybe that's probably right. And say this, we know that now that Lamar is flush with cash, oh boy, he's selling the Wolf tickets. He's saying, you know, now that I've got some receivers, you know, OBJ, the other, you know, dropping somebody and the kid that was kind of hurt last year, he's thinking he's going to throw for 6,000 yards. Hmm. Gonna have to stay upright to throw for six thousand yards, there, buddy. But hey, you know what? If you're feeling yourself, okay, we'll we'll, we'll go with that. Okay. So with Rogers officially gone and them you know, doing the rounds, living his best life, are we ready for some love? Yeah, you know, you have to wonder about this. You know, Mister Love taking over the reins. Big shoes to fill, Mr. Favre and A-Rodge. You know, is this guy going to shock us and the Packers are going to be a surprise team? My gut feeling says no, but what the hell do I know? But I definitely think that is going to be one of the intriguing stories. Sure, Rodgers being in Gotham, that's going to, you know, garner all kinds of flash, but, you know, Packer, right, Packer Nation... They're, they're a tough they're a tough club and I don't think they want to settle for mediocrity right now after having you know two of the all-time greats you know lead them back from the hinterland so this is a story I'm definitely looking at another story I'm looking at apparently the commanders are angling for a move back to the district seems like all kind of momentum for them to take over the RFK site as a fan, I'd be, like, overjoyed because I do. I feel like they lost their mojo when they moved out the Landover. So, of course, people... I don't get this. Uh, how You have so many people who are really pushing for another name change. They just feel the name sucks, which I think is absolutely ludicrous, but it just shows you how much Dan Snyder's hated. And it's like, anything that had to do with Snyder has to go. And it's just like, you know... There have been plenty of other teams that have sucked over the last twenty-five or thirty years. I don't get this obsession with with Dan Snyder, and like anything that he touched has to go. I mean, Mark Davis, for example, you know, right? They have they haven't won anything since '84, and have basically been given, you know, a free pass. You know, as far as you know, being revived in Las Vegas with that stadium and. I don't see the same kind of outcry. I just don't get, I do not understand that. And there's other teams as well that haven't done squat either. But yeah, anything to do with this Washington team, oh, it's so bad. Yeah, Dan's a douche. We know that. But some of these other guys who haven't done much with their franchises, just saying. Okay. As I was saying a, a, a few seconds ago about the Bengals. You know, it's kind of interesting that they're so high in the power rankings when you know they're notorious cheapskates, I made the reference to Marvin Lewis earlier, but it's like, yeah, you're going to have to pay Burrow, but no one, you know, the Browns are you going to go cheap everywhere else, the Brown family that is, and you know, go for you know the the cheaper fix because if you're going to give him the bag, how are you going to pay anybody else when historically that's not been you know your SOP. Yeah, so we'll definitely be keeping an eye on there, you know, because you're going to have to get Burrow. You have to give T. Higgins a, a big contract as well. And I don't know what's going to happen with everybody else who needs to get paid as well, as far as that goes. How about Dallas? Don't you just get the sense that they're being irrelevant? As much as Skip Bayless tries to make us think that they're doing something, but you get this weird sense that. You know, they're one of the, you know, they're like that person that, you know, is an attention whore. And it's like when people get tired of you, you even get more desperate in terms of like trying to like, hey, look at me, look at me. And I kind of feel that way with the Cowboys. I don't know what they're going to do with the whole Dak thing, you know, right? I mean, this is such a make or break year for them, you know, obviously giving Cooper Rush you know, $20 million would be his backup, kind of tells you there's a very short lease there and they may cut bait. If Dak does not live up to the hype, he never really, I mean, yeah, he got off to a kind of a good start and uh, over exceeded expectations. You know, Jerry being Jerry because he's smarter than all of us, if so he thinks. But, you know, it's interesting to watch them sort of move further and further into irrelevance. And they could be in the playoffs, again, and without real success. That's right, I'm saying irrelevant. Minnesota, what do they do? You know, obviously, you know, Kirk Cousins, I think this is last year in his contract, and the disappointment they were, what direction do they go in if they don't get it done? And I mean, they've never gotten it done but they have definitely been a a disappointment in recent years given that it looks like they have the horses to go to the next level but the next level is so elusive for them i think this is a big year for them back to the raiders i have to say can they really escape the fool's gold label i don't think so i think you know as my bro always tells me it's just like you know don't get fooled by you know, the nice trappings of, of, of the Death Star and all that kind of stuff is still a whoa-boken franchise ran by a bunch of incompetents. And until they prove otherwise, I'm going to have to say, yeah, I think that, you know, it's going to be more to the spare for Raider Nation. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that as hating. I'm just looking at the facts that are in front of me. Okay. Nick Foles, looking for work again think this guy was a super bowl winner a few years ago and now he's out there you know with the uh with the tin cup again like hey can you give me a job how is that possible only in this win for me win, for, win at some point but not now what have you done for me lately world we're in only this could happen okay let's get to it let's go let's close this out We're going to hand out the stainless steel bowls of the stinkiest varieties for people whose actions and deeds or just being who you are earn you some TMCA time. You know, stainless steel bowls of the stinkiest varieties that come in complimentary, regular and XL sizes. So I want to start out with the asshats and their gunplay, hitting a Texas A&M Texarkana player with a stray bullet during a game. Dude, what are you doing shooting them a baseball game? What the hell? That's an XL for sure, if not two. Um, I'm gonna give Australia, you know right? I'm gonna give them an XL for like taking half of Taylor Gucha's purse and then like two million dollars of their taxes, like going damn. Way <laughs> way to make people not wanna come play your event. Jeez. Okay. I'm gonna give the Spurs, not San Antonio, you know, England Spurs. We give their fans an XL for taunting for taunting one of their own, giving son racist what, saying racist stuff about that guy as hard as he plays, really? Yeah, come on, football proper fans, you have to be better. It's absolutely ridiculous. You can say anything you want, but you have to go racial. Just it's just nah. I'm going to give two XLs for PSG for not giving a shit and just really mailing it in from the basically from the World Cup. Yeah, they might get their 11th title, but it's not a pretty ride for the people who have a lot of passion for this club, myself being one of them, those people. Yeah. Nope. Nope. I'm going to give UFC's Tony Ferguson two XLs. Dude, have you ever heard of a car service? All you knuckleheads out there with all the jack, it does not cost much to get an Uber or even have some car service. Quit being a cheapskate and try to drive when you're three sheets to the wind, man. Leave that to us poor saps that can't afford car service, man. Ugh. Okay. I'm gonna give the Giants an XL because you know, they were down in you know Mexico with a series of the Padres, and a lot of the players, you know, ended up with Montezuma's revenge getting the runs. Like you're going to a foreign country, it's no shot at Mexico, but it's like you might want to like make sure, look into what your players should be served. If not, you know, bring your own staff with you, or at least do some investigating beforehand. Come on, I mean, they had to have the they had to have the wipes. It was so bad. Wow. Okay, I'm gonna really give just XLs to the Mahomes. You got Jackson and his issues. You got Patrick, who's becoming more of a clown. I'm not even going to start with Brittany, but I'm going to give the Mahomes clan, you know, a three strip. Three XLs for them. I said Kelsey last week, another group of folks I'm just really getting tired of. Yeah, he gets it down on the field, but off the field, just a total clown show. Okay, lastly, I'm going to give Tiger another XL. Dude. I don't know what to tell you when it comes to you and your women troubles, man. You know, either you're just a major ed, as we used to say back in the day, or somebody needs to, like, maybe pick somebody for you so you don't end up in the headaches that, that seem to follow you when it comes with women. I mean, geez, dude, you know, you got more money in Fort Knox, but you still manage to always end up on the wrong side of it. And if, if I understand, it's mostly you, but then again, I have a feeling that you're a terrible picker when it comes to the ladies in your life. All right, folks, somehow got through this another week, hopefully be back in, you know, anywhere from five to, you know, eight or nine days, depending on how busy the week is and when I can slide it in. I know it's going to be beautiful weather next weekend, so that's going to make it even harder. But a lot going on, so I'm really looking forward to the next episode as we wrap up Season 5 and we start moving in different directions for Season 6. Meanwhile, enjoy your Sunday night, have some adult beverages, and we'll see you when we see you.